0: You know how everything seems like a good idea after you've had a few?
1: Don't, don't,
0: mm,
2: yeah, that's this show.
0: It's time for Dukes and Bell. Oh, someone told me it's the Black Beverly Hills. Is that true? Driving in Atlanta just got a whole lot more bearable. Welcome to
1: the party,
3: pal. Hi, everybody. Carl Dukes and Mike Bell. The names would mean goodness.
1: Say my name, you know who I am. Carl
0: Dukes.
3: I drink. And I know things.
1: Oh, don't question my authority, thing! King Kong ain't got on
3: me. Sometimes you just gotta call somebody. And I'm not ashamed to
1: say it. You know, ah! And Mike Now, funny how? I mean, funny, like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Hope you guessed
4: my name. Bring a picture of me every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes, right? Get ready for the best five hours of your life. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, stuff.
1: Don't believe me, just watch. This
4: is Dukes and Bell. You know what? Why don't we start doing the stuff that other guys have done other radio shows around the country? No. No. no!
0: On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. What's up, Atlanta? That's right. It is time for Dukes and Bell. Right here on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. No Dukes, no Bell. The guys will be back tomorrow Chris Thomas hanging out with you until 6 o'clock this evening. And Super Producer Eric, we start off every day and every hour by saying,
4: Hey, man!
0: Great job out of you. We will get to you plenty throughout the show. A big show for you guys this afternoon. We are going to talk plenty about the Braves, plenty about the Hawks, plenty about the Atlanta Falcons. Something very, very special coming your way at 4 p.m. when Joe Patrick will stop by in studio for the entire hour, and we will be taking your calls, 404-741-0929, 404-741-0929. Let's start with the All-Star Game, and this is all we're going to hear from it. E, let's hear Mike Malone. He summed it up perfectly, and this will conclude our All-Star Game coverage for the day. Mike Malone summing it up perfectly there with his silence. But the coach basically said this: "I'm to be a part of
3: a, a great weekend, great players, but that is the worst basketball game I've ever played." How do you fix it? Uh, I don't know if you can fix it. I mean, I
4: give Joel and B Kyrie Irving, those guys were like competing. Joel was imploring some of the guys to play harder, to try to get some defense in. But... Yeah, the All
0: Star game was. Uh, How do we put it, guys? Not very good. Uh, I didn't watch much of it, but you look up in the final score. When the number's in the 180s and the 170s, you know you got a problem. Is there a way to fix it? I think Coach put it best there when he said, I don't know if there's a way to fix it. And frankly, you know what? I don't really care because I'm not watching the All-Star game like I used to. The bygone days of Jordan and Dominique and all the guys that used to play in that game. Those days are gone, man. East versus West, those days are absolutely gone, and they're not coming back anytime soon. These guys make too much money. They're too involved with their social media and their status and everything involved with it. So I think the All-Star Game at this point is nothing short of a joke, and that's how it's going to stay. But we need to get to Kyrie Irving. Why? Because this guy is the gift that keeps on giving. E. Let's hear him from All-Star weekend talk about load management. This guy is such a treat. Again, I think Kyrie's uh, silence here speaks for speaks for itself. He was talking about load management and he basically was saying that with load management, it is the way of the of the game today. It is the way that the NBA is now and is forever going to be. We know where it all started with Greg Popovich back in the day with Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, eventually Kawhi Leonard. That's how the thing started, and uh, that's just how it's going to be. E, are we ready to hear from uh, Kyrie on the load management? All right. You know, I feel for you, brother, because when this happens to me on Dukes and Bell, I know the feeling. It is the absolute worst. When the computer just won't do what you want it to do, it is the most frustrating thing in the world. But here's the thing with Kyrie, guys. If you were listening to me on my Saturday show, I made a comparison and I'm worried about our star. And I think he may be coming, maybe becoming the next Kyrie Irving. What do I mean by that? Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks are at a crossroads. And the crossroads is leading to one of two spots. Trey Young is either gonna be Steph Curry or he's either gonna be Kyrie Irving. And I'll explain after we hear from Kyrie.
1: I, I don't know who created the term load management or You know, guys sitting out games or, you know, this narrative uh, that continues to play on about star players or guys not being available. I don't know who started the narrative, but it's completely run amok. I think it's dehumanized some of us in in terms of uh, just the way we prepare ourselves day to day. This is a 24-7 job. We have cameras on us all the time.
0: Yeah, and listen, here's the thing, Kyrie. Do me a favor. Just stop. Stop it already. Stop running your mouth, man. It's enough. You got out of Brooklyn. You got out. You're in Dallas now. You're playing with Luka. You don't need to be making these kind of statements. This sentiment from Kyrie Irving is absolutely a joke. So here's the problem, guys. I think Trey Young, to bring it back to the Hawks, is becoming jaded. He's becoming the guy that we don't want him to become. He's becoming a guy that seems aloof seems disinterested, and seems like he's starting to care more about himself than the actual franchise. And I'm worried that that's the direction that he's going down. When when Trey first got into the league, I thought he was going to be Steph Curry. I thought he was going to be a hawk for life, a guy that puts the team on his shoulders and says, ride with me, I am going to be the inspiration and the leader that this team needs. But now, I'm not so sure. And I'm worried about his future. I'm worried that he's turning into Kyrie Irving. So you let me know, 404-741-0929. Is Trey Young in danger of becoming Kyrie Irving? And I think that this season and the way that it plays out and what happens with Nate McMillan and what happens with the rest of the Hawks coaching staff in the offseason is going to go a long way in determining his future. It's going to go a long way in determining what type of player he's going to be. It's going to go a long way in determining if he will be a forever Hawk or if he's going to be a player that's going to say at the end of the year or the end of next year, I don't like the way this thing is going and I want out. Taking a page right out of the playbook of one Kyrie Irving. 404-741-0929. That's the number to call in. It's also the number of our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Eric, can we hear from Trey Young? I think we need to hear from Trey Young because this was him after the last game of the season. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. He says, we definitely needed a break.
4: Uh, we definitely need a break. I mean, it's, it's good that, I mean, this, this time is coming now. I think a lot of teams in the league, I mean, it happens around this time of year. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, we, we're one of those teams that kind of need this break. Um, But we're going to come back, and uh, I got faith in our team. I got trust in in our team that we can make a special run. So um, no matter who doubts us or whatever, I I got faith in my teammates.
0: All right, here's the thing with that soundbite. There's two different versions of Trey Young in the same soundbite, and I think that that's part of the problem. He starts it by saying, I think we need a break. Trey, how about I think our team needs to pick it up? How about you be a leader? How about you hold these guys accountable? I'm not seeing it. I'm not hearing it. How about you be the leader that this team needs at a time when the team needs you most? Look at the guys around him. Trey is not living up to the standards of a leader. He's just not. DeJounte Murray, he's only had 20 points two times in the last seven games. DeAndre Hunter, maybe the most frustrating player in the NBA. John Collins, guys, he's only averaging 13 points a game. That needs to be closer to 20, 18, with rebounds to boot. I'm just not feeling it from Trey Young right now. I think he's not the leader that this team needs him to be. And I'm worried that the path that he's going down with hearing these sound bites and him being the guy that's the last guy on the bench, never leading a huddle, and his defense too, guys. You know what the thing about me with Trey Young is about his defense? I've seen it. And that is frustrating. I have seen it. I've seen him dive for loose balls. I've seen him get rebounds. I've seen him play defense. He's not the type of guy that does it on a consistent basis. He never has been. But you know what this league is about in the NBA? It's about effort. And I've seen Trey too many times this season jack up a three that's nowhere near the basket, and then jog back on the other side and stand on the sideline Waiting for, the, waiting for the Hawks to get the ball back on offense. That's not where this team needs to be in regards to its leader. That's not where this team needs to be in regards to the guy that's supposed to be the face of the franchise. I think he's turning into Kyrie Irving, and for me, that's a huge problem. You can't have a Kyrie Irving type on this team. It's about to implode. Look at how rocky things are already. Your coach is on the verge of leaving. Your salary cap, I mean, what moves can you really make at this point? You're up against it. You paid all your guys. I'm not exactly sure where this thing is going to go if Trey's not the guy that he needs to be. I know he'll never be the vocal leader that we all want him to be, but damn, at least you could try. 404 Let's go to Clifton and Snellville. You're first up in the game.
3: I just want to make the comment that Trey Young's not the problem. Trey Young is a material talent that we need to keep, not bash, surround them with better role players, and get people like DeAndre Hunter to step up and some other uh, missing pieces. So while I understand... Wait, the Clifton, let me ask, not, Hold on, there, hold on. Clifton I'll, I'll I'll Clifton, I'll let you finish.
0: Clifton, I'll let you finish. Yeah. Just hold on. You mentioned guys like DeAndre Hunter that need to step up. They're not stepping up. So what happens when they're not? You need to rely on who? Your best player and your leader.
3: Well, the free agent market. We we didn't make a we didn't make a play or a, a, a credible play for KD when he was available.
2: There were some other pieces on the market we didn't we didn't make available. We trade away a good shooter
3: so we don't get into the luxury tax. The organization as a whole isn't stepping up. I I think the problem is at the top, not with your star player.
0: I appreciate the call, Clifton. But you really think KD? You really think KD was coming to Atlanta? Come on, guys, you're smarter than that. This is the roster we were riding with. We gave it all up to get DeJounte Murray, and he had a great start to the season. But he's really faded in the past seven games. Like I said, he's only scored over 20 twice. That's not good enough. You don't give up multiple first-round picks and make him the, the Batman to Trey's Robin, which, yes, I'm saying that correctly, by the way, the Batman to Trey's Robin for nothing. For a guy that can't score 20 points more than twice in seven games? That's not what we brought him in for, guys. 404 One more before the break. Let's go to KC in College Park. KC, you're in the game.
4: Hey, how's it going? What's up, KC? Hey, I just wanted to say that uh, I had to agree with the last caller. You need the other players to step up, John Collins and DeAndre Hunter. When I see those guys step up and scoring over 20 a night, then I say something about Trey. Trey ain't mouthing off and saying none of that crazy crap like Kyrie. I don't see him becoming a Kyrie. But one thing I gotta say, when we played Milwaukee in those finals, everybody got up in the air and thought that we had this uh, great team. We don't. I'm sorry, we don't. They got lucky that year. We don't have that great team. We need some more players to go with Trey. We need our guys to play more physical. I see Trey get beat up on the floor, and our guys don't do nothing. They scared of getting a foul by the ref. The ref ain't going to make the call. You make him make the call because I'm tired of seeing our guys get beat up and the ref's not making the calls. The coach is saying what he got to say, but then the refs want to throw a technical on Trey and other people. Yeah, I hear you, KC. We're going to have to get rough just like Detroit.
0: I got you. Thank you for the phone call. We got to hit a break. Thank you. Clifton from Snellville. Casey from College Park for chiming in. 404 741 It is Chris Thomas filling in for the guys on Dukes and Bell, taking you up until 6 p.m. this evening. We're going to keep this conversation rolling. 404 741 929 My worry about Trey Young in this franchise is he's becoming more like Kyrie Irving and less like Steph Curry. What say you? <laughs>
3: What
4: you know about rolling down in the deep When your brain goes numb You can
2: call that mental freeze
0: This afternoon on Dukes and Bell It is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game 404-741-0929 Is the number to get involved in the Trey Young conversation And for everyone yelling at me on Twitter Listen I get it You want to defend your guy You want to defend the superstar in the city I totally get that. I totally understand. But you need to understand the reality of the situation. The Hawks are not playing up to their standard right now. They're not playing the way that they need to play. They're not being led the way that they need to be led by a leader who's not leading the way that he needs to lead. It's pretty simple, guys. Trey Young needs to step up. He has the contract. He's making the big money. He's in the power chair, so to speak. And everybody just wants to back him because he's the star that the city has right now. And I get that. You want to cape up for your guy. But if you're going to cape up for your guy, you need to bring the facts. When we played that soundbite from Trey Young, and he says we definitely need a break, that's not what I want to hear from my star. That's not what I want to hear from my star. That sounds too similar to the crap that Kyrie Irving was saying in the soundbite that we played in the first segment about load management. You know, if these guys are going to spout their mouths off, they need to be responsible for their actions. And if Trey Young is going to make $200 million or whatever his contract is worth, he needs to be held accountable. He needs to be held accountable. And that's my take on it. If Trey Young is going to be this leader that the team needs to lead them back to the promised land, to get back to an Eastern Conference Finals, or to even get to an NBA championship, Things need to change. Yes, I know Nate is part of the problem. I'm not absolving him either. I think the Hawks could use a fresh voice. Sure, maybe we'll get one this offseason. It certainly sounds that way. We just shuffled things in the front office too. Give them time to make some moves. Let's see what Sadiq Bay can do. Everybody else seems to be healthy. JC is in concussion protocol. Hopefully he comes back soon. But again, he's only averaging 13 points a game. It's not like he's averaging 20 points a game. To me, this roster is not poorly constructed. This is a playoff team. They're not performing up to their standards. And when that happens, you need to look to the guy that's leading the franchise. And who is that? Guys, it's Trey Young. I'm sorry. You know, it, just because he is the best that we have right now doesn't mean that it's good enough. He needs to be held accountable. He needs to come to the mic and bring it strong. Even if that's not his best skill set, You can learn how to be a leader over time. You can learn how to be a leader over time. I'm going to say it again. You think that Kobe was the type of leader he was in his 10th year in the league that he was coming in? Same thing with Jordan. These guys develop as leaders. I'm not the one that is necessarily preferential to punching Steve Kerr in the face either, and I'm not saying that that's what Trey needs to do or anything even close like that. But at the same time, can we get a little bit of fire? Can we get a little bit? Just something. Something to let us know as fans of the Hawks that Trey is there for this team, that he's ride or die, that he's 100% in, that he's the player and the guy and the man that this team needs to be. You know, he's got a kid now. He's learning more responsibilities. Where is that life lesson being reflected on the basketball court, and in the media. It, it's part of the package, guys. That's, that's what I'm saying. When you're a leader of a franchise, I'm sorry. Matt Ryan, after every tough loss, Freddie Freeman, those guys took to the mic, and they accepted blame, and they said, you know what? This is on me. I'm going to do whatever I can to make this team better. I'm going to do whatever I can to put this team on my back, and we're going to ride or die. I don't feel that from Trey Young. You do? Everybody out there listening, you feel that from Trey Young. I don't feel it. I I don't feel it. I think it could be in there, but he shouldn't have to be motivated to do that. That should be something that he does as the leader of this franchise. 404-741-0929. 404-741-0929. What say you? I'm worried that he's becoming more like Kyrie. I thought when he came into the league, he was going to be Steph. I thought he was going to be like Steph. Here for 15 years, you see his family grow up in front of your eyes. Did you guys see Riley Curry and Steph on the bench? That's a beautiful thing. And when you think about that, what do you think? You think Golden State Warriors and you think championships. I'm not saying Trey is ever going to be the player Steph Curry is in terms of an all-time great. But I'm saying he could certainly take a page on how he's represented himself as the leader of the Warriors. All right, let's head out to the let's head out to the phone lines four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine. Let's go to Justin in Barnesville. Hey, what's going on, Chris? How you doing today, man? What's
4: up, man? I'm gonna I'm gonna quote my Bell on this one. All right. Young is a defensive liability. Bogdan Bogdanovich is a defensive liability. How many defensive liabilities can they trot out there at once? Give up 130, 125, and, like, don't play no defense and don't stand a chance before they
0: realize something's wrong. Justin, what do you it, think? Hold on, Justin. Isn't, isn't DJ supposed to be one of the best defenders in the league? Isn't DeAndre Hunter supposed when to be? Wasn't he touted as a top-five defender coming out of college? Where are those guys? Winnie's out there. Yeah, they're out there. I got you. Thank you for the phone call. They're out there, but they're not performing up to the back of their baseball card. That's the problem. And when that doesn't happen, who needs to step up? Even if it's not with his play. Even if it's not with his play. Even if he doesn't average 35 points a game, which is not reasonable to expect. He needs to be the guy that absorbs some of the blow. So these guys can pick it up and bide some time. There's 23, 24 games left in the season. If you don't have the guy who's supposed to be the centerpiece of your franchise leading the way, then you are completely lost. Robin Winder, you're up next. You're in the game. Hey, What's up, man?
4: I think we should try to trade Trey before he turns into Kyrie. I mean, he's a great player, but he's just not a team player. He's a meat player.
0: Rob, let me, let, me say that, let me say this. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Trey is a distressed asset right now. He's not worth what he should be worth right now because he's not having the type of season from three and as a defender that he needs to have in order to maximize his value. If you're the Hawks and you want to trade Trey Young, that's a hard reset on your franchise. That means I'm putting John Collins up for sale, bogey for sale. I'm stacking picks, and I'm resetting the whole damn thing. And I don't think you're getting enough for Trey Young right now.
4: Yeah, I mean, I I can see him trade to, to Indiana for maybe Miles Turner and uh, Buddy Hield and uh, Hilliburton, but you'd have to throw in like Hunter and maybe Collins just to get that deal done. But I think a reset is probably what's needed for this franchise.
0: I appreciate it, Rob. I don't think they're giving up Halliburton. Would you take Trey Young over Tyrese Halliburton right now? I wouldn't. Tyrese Halliburton just put on a show at the All-Star Weekend, and he's, what, 22 years old? He's younger than Trey. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take I'd take Tyrese Halliburton right now. I mean, honestly, I know Trey's going to score more, but I think Tyrese Halliburton's a much more complete player than Trey Young is right now. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. 404 741 929 Old Slim Shady from Marietta, what do you got?
2: Hello, my brother. How are you? What's up, man? You're doing a great job, but it's winder not winder well right that that's
0: that, show, that shows you i'm not uh, from the great state of georgia we, huh i got we ex-
2: love you got exposed you. there a little bit
0: huh we you.
2: Lo- no we love you he probably he was probably giggling that's and all right. plus it's I, you know you don't want to live there anyway all
3: right i right, what, gonna, do you, what do you I'm you
2: say a couple, i'm gonna say a couple of things and hang up and listen number one d j is over it already with trey. And his agent's looking for somewhere for him to go. Uh, when people show you who they are like Trey has over and over again, we need to believe him. He's not a leader, but he has tremendous skills. Can it work here? Mm, I don't know. The wrestlers and Jarvis and I don't know. It's It's kind of... I'm kind of confused at the whole thing right now, but I will hang up and listen, and again, you're doing a great job, my brother. Appreciate it.
0: And that's the problem. Everyone's confused. This team should not be 29 and 30, guys. That's what I'm saying. And when your peers, the peers of Trey Young, voted him 12th for the All-Star game, I mean, what does that say? Especially when the numbers are there. His stats are comparable to anyone who made the All-Star team from a guard perspective. He's averaging like 26, 27 points a game and 10 assists. That should be slam dunk all-star material. But that means that the guys who know the game better than any of us, better than me, better than any of you out there listening, the guys that suit up every single day for their squad, said Trey Young is not having an all-star worthy season. What does that say? All right, Wayne Indicator, you're up next, (laughs) 404-741-0929.
1: Man, you have thrown me about three softballs that I'm about to knock out of the park. First and foremost, let me get rid of this John Collins thing. When you got a ball-dominant team with DeJounte Murray and uh, Trey Young, where is he going to get shots from? So, therefore, he is only going to average 13 points. And as far as his salary goes, he got what the market offered because we all thought it was going to be $30 million. Well, then, Wayne, I'll
0: let you get your other two points in. Then that's a mistake by the Hawks. If that's what you're saying and that's true, then that is a giant mistake by the Hawks.
1: No, No, it's not because that was the market. Everybody thought. Hawks management and everybody thought uh, thirty million dollars. No, that's too much. But when he's not when he's not getting shots or touches, when Dejounte three dribbles and a jack up a three, that's a problem. So I'm not gonna fault John Collins. As far as Trey Young, I do agree with you in this regard. He needs a Larry Brown. He needs an old-school coach like that that's going to press him every day because the, the maturity level or the leadership level he lacks comes from between the ears. If he can get that right with his 27 points, I, I compare it to an elevator. Once his mental meets his, uh, his physical on the sixth floor of a 12-floor elevator, that's when you go to superstar. and that hasn't happened yet, and that's what we're waiting on. And, and thirdly and finally – don't compare Trey Yarn to Kyrie. Kyrie is Kyrie. He did his thing. Trey is nowhere in his stratosphere, even as a player. So don't do that. You're comparing apples to oranges. I do agree. He has to grow up and take responsibility. And the only way he's going to do that is if he get an old school coach. And here's my thing, and I think he said it. They tune mate out. What's the difference between now and 2020? They bought into the defensive scheme. And the reason why this franchise is in shambles, because you don't give up three or four number one picks for an all-star. You give that up for uh, Kevin Durant. And that's why Travis Slink ain't in here. Travis Slink has shooters on this team. When you go from third or fourth shooting threes in this league to like 28, 29, Therein lies your problem. Yeah. No Wayne, I appreciate in it.
0: We got to run. I appreciate it. We're yeah, up man. against the break, but you made good yeah. points, man. All three are good points. I appreciate the phone calls. Great job on the phones. Listen, guys, this is the bottom line. Whether you agree with me or you disagree with me, the Hawks are in trouble. They're at a crossroads right now. Whether you think that he's becoming like a Kyrie Irving or not, that's just what I believe. It doesn't mean that it's right or it's wrong, but what is right and what is wrong with the Hawks right now is the way that they're playing on the floor. We'll get back into this later on in the show, 404-7410-929. Coming up next, going to switch gears, our buddy Scott Miller is going to join us from spring training, talk all things MLB. How's this new pitch clock working out? It is Chris Thomason for Dukes and Bell Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. spring training is about to get fully ramped up and i don't know about you guys out there but i am pumped the braves are looking strong once again hopefully make another title run but to talk about them and the entire major league baseball we welcome in our buddy scott miller contributor to the new york times as well as sirius xm radio scott how you doing
3: I'm good. I'm sitting here in the Arizona sun as we speak. It's uh, a rare warm day here. Last week it was freezing by Arizona standards, and uh, another winter storm is supposed to come through Tuesday night. By Wednesday, Thursday this week, there's a chance of rain, and it's going to be in the 50-degree range. And uh, But today we have baseball
1: weather.
0: Well, I want to start with uh, these new rules because I want to know from a bird's-eye view what the heck is going on with this pitch clock. You've seen it. You've experienced it. What are we getting this season?
3: Well, you know, baseball is trying to find a better tempo. The game has become so slow in the last several years, you know, largely influenced by analytics. Each pitch um, is, as people realize, every pitch is so important. It just slows everything down. And it's got to the point where a ball is put in play on average of about once every four minutes and you know baseball's worried about it's just become so slow and methodical that you know they would never use the word boring but a lot of people use the word boring and um, so some of these new rules are designed to at least move the tempo along a little bit and the pitch clock which i thought i would have uh, been against years ago i've i've yeah, I mean I've, by the way I've spent my life in baseball I've covered baseball for close to 30 years now. I mean I love the game. I'm not a hater at all. I'm an old uh, in the I might have been called a purist at once. Don't change anything. I don't mind the changes. I think a couple things the the pitch clock we've gotten to the point where some pitchers take 30 or 40 seconds in between pitches and it's just gotten interminable. And grumpy old scouts that I've talked to that have seen the pitch clock in the minor leagues last year, um, came away raving about it. They just say the pitcher gets the ball and he throws the ball and there's no long dead spots and it's good. And so I think that's going to make for a better game and they've outlawed the shift, which I also think is going to make for a better game. Um, and I, I know a lot of people with the shift, uh, people that like it say well why should baseball outlaw it just because people are smart enough to figure out where to play defenders and i get that but i mean look at like even the nba for example you know there was a time when zone defense was outlawed uh you know you, you they, they changed rules as as things have gone along the nfl football college football too I mean, not everybody is an eligible receiver. Certain players have to stay in a certain part of the field, and I think that's all that is with baseball. I mean, I don't know. There's a third baseman for a reason. I don't know that the third baseman should be going out to play short right field when a left-handed hitter is up. So I I do think we're going to have a better game this year, and I'm excited to see what it looks like.
0: Talking all things MLB with our buddy Scott Miller. It is Chris Thomas in for Dukes and Bell right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Scott. Have you seen our buddy, uh, our old pal Dansby Swanson out there? How's he looking?
3: Uh, you know, uh, I haven't yet, but I'm about to. Um, I've been at the. I'm actually sitting at the Cubs camp right now. I was there yesterday and today. Yesterday, even though Dansby is in camp, um, today is the Cubs' first full workout, full squad workout. So a lot of the position players that are here, like Dansby and Cody Bellinger, they took yesterday off because today's the first full squad workout so yesterday was a kind of their last chance to get a day off before things get going so uh Dansby was not here yesterday he is here today and the Cubs are uh I was just in the clubhouse and they're about to go out on the field they have a later workout today and uh, as I say first full squad workout so uh, they go out about 1 or one thirty Arizona time, so uh, I guess two hours difference, so they go about 3, 3.30 your time in Atlanta, and uh, that's actually, that'll be my first chance to lay eyes on Dansby in the Cubs uniform and watch him do a little work uh, for the Cubs.
0: I know uh, you're primarily out west, and the Padres have certainly made a lot of headlines this off season. How the heck are they going to keep this band together?
3: Yeah, I mean, the short answer is they're not. Eventually, there's already talk. You know, Manny Machado said on the record the other day, he's, he's got an opt-out clause after this upcoming season, and he said, you know, since they haven't re-signed him yet, he intends to use it. Um, I don't know how they have the money to re-sign Manny and re-sign Juan Soto. Um, I, I think it's unbelievable, really, what they've spent for a once-supposed-small-market team uh projected payrolls this upcoming season 2023 the Padres right now are third in all of baseball at the highest payroll only the two New York teams are higher the Mets are number one the Yankees number two Padres check in at number three so they've got a really intriguing and exciting uh thing going on right now in San Diego and it's going to be really one of the most fascinating stories in baseball this summer to see how it goes and, and can they win and how much can they win and can they win their first world series ever? Um, but looking another year, or two or three down the road, it is hard to see how they're going to keep everybody together.
0: All right, Scott, let's bring it back on home. Simply put, who
3: should be favored in the NL East? Um, you know, it's a good question. I mean, I, I thought the Braves would end up keeping Dansby Swanson. I, I thought losing Freddie Freeman and then Dansby two years in a row would would be tough. But the thing with the Braves, they continue to figure out ways to keep winning no matter who they lose. I do like the Phillies' uh, acquisition of Trey Turner. I think he's really going to help make that team go. Obviously, the Mets are tough. Uh, it makes me a little nervous with Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer atop the rotation, as old as those two are. Uh, I mean, both are going to be Hall of Famers, but how old they are and and how many pitches they've thrown in their careers, uh, both have had some injuries lately. Um, hard to say who's going to win. I, I think I don't discount the Braves, but I think the Mets and the Phillies have both gotten a lot better.
0: Scott, we had uh, Alex Anthopoulos on the radio station last week, and we asked him about leadership because – as you said, Freddie and yep. now Dansby are gone, and he said it's going to be a leadership by committee, but he really likes the group think and the attitude of the team coming into the season. How much do you buy into a baseball team needing a singular leader?
3: Yeah, I mean it evolves i don't think I think it helps when there is one, but it evolves over the course of a year and there there can be successful teams with with different leaders or where there's multiple people together um. You know, I know, it, it, you know, hey, Freddie Freeman's a great leader, and Dansby Swanson really grew into a leader. And I do know out here in Arizona at the Cubs camp yesterday, uh, talking with Jamison Tyon, um, the old Yankees pitcher, who he's another free agent the Cubs signed this year. Uh, he was saying, he he, he talked with Dansby, Dansby quite a bit the other day. He really likes what Dansby has to say, and he said Dansby is fully, Uh, ready to embrace a leadership role with the Cubs. He's already got some ideas for some team bonding exercises this spring. So what Dan did in Atlanta, he's carrying, appears to be carrying over with the Cubs. And, you know, I mean, losing that and losing Freddie Freeman, there's going to be a little bit of a void, but I do think, um, you know, first of all, with Brian Snicker in charge, you have a, a true legitimate leader in the manager's chair um, so that, I think, is going to allow other Bra- Braves players in the clubhouse, uh, to, the natural leaders following Freddie and following Dansby, whoever they may be, to emerge as the spring and the early season goes along. And, yeah, I, I don't think Alex is wrong. I don't think you have to have one leader. It is Scott
0: Miller uh, from MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM, as well as a contributor to the New York Times. Chris Thomason for the guys right here, Sports Radio 92.9, the game. What about in the AL, Scott? Uh, is it Yankees, Astros, and everybody else?
3: Yeah, the uh, I think that the Yankees, they, they had to resign Aaron Judge, and they did. And I like their addition of Carlos Rodon to the rotation. I, I think that the Yankees are going to be better. Um, you know, the Astros losing Justin Verlander, uh, you know, that stings. But as I mentioned a little bit ago, I mean, Verlander's 40 and one of these years, he's not going to be Justin Verlander anymore. It might sound silly to say that, I mean, coming off his Cy Young year, in which he won Cy Young unanimously, by the way. So the Astros are definitely going to miss Verlander now, given his age they could have re-signed him and I still think he's, it's going to be hard for him to duplicate what he did last year so let's just say whether they miss Verlander or what they're really going to miss is an ace pitcher having a season like Verlander had last year now can you know Christian Javier or Jose or grow into that role uh maybe um the Astros much like Atlanta, you know, they remind me a little bit of each other and that they keep losing guys, but it doesn't matter. They keep winning. Um, you know, the Astros, a few years ago, uh, George Springer goes and signs as a free agent with Toronto. And I was like, boy, that's, that's going to be a big blow to them. And they ended up winning anyway. You know, and then, and then Carlos Correa goes and signs with the Minnesota Twins. Doesn't matter. The year after he leaves, the Astros won their first World Series last year. Under Dusty Baker, so um, they've been able to replace key players who have left, and I think they'll continue to do that. But you know, the difference also is um, in that, especially in the American League West, a couple teams have gotten better. Seattle won ninety games last year. I think they're they're a team that's on the come. Uh, Texas uh, signing Jacob Degrom that already was worrisome when he missed his first bullpen session with kind of a side strain. Uh, but you know they've from Jacob Degrom to Corey Seager to bringing in Bruce Bochi as manager, bring in Mike Maddox as pitching coach. I, I do think with all of that, Texas is is going to be better. Um, but you know, back to your question, you know, I think Minnesota's going to be better. They they having Carlos Correa back, um, you know, and they and getting Pablo Lopez for uh, the pitcher from Miami. I, I think you know. They're going to be better. Cleveland had a really good year last year, and they've got a really nice, young, talented team. But yeah, that's a long way of saying I think the Yankees and Astros probably are the class American League. But you know, the, the teams I mentioned, I I think the gaps closed, and so any one of those teams could step up this year.
0: Last one, Scott. What do you think the future for Shohei Ohtani holds?
3: Um. Well the angels made some interesting moves this year. And as we know, Otani himself has said, you know, his big thing is about winning. Now, if the angels could win this year, maybe they have a chance to keep him. But I think by and large, there are a lot of vultures circling off in the distance that are just waiting for him to become a free agent after this year. And I think the Dodgers are one of those vultures. And I think that's why they didn't spend as much this year. I think the Dodgers are going to, Uh, Take a really strong run at Otani next winter. Um, I think Seattle, maybe San Diego. Um, I find his long-term future. It's hard to see it, it with the angels. I think he'll end up with the Dodgers.
0: That would be something. The team that seemingly can never have enough Scott just adding more and more and more. I guess you can never have an embarrassment of riches like that. Scott Miller, read him in the New York Times, hear him on Sirius MLB Network Radio. Thanks so much for the time. Enjoy the weather while you can.
3: All right, Chris. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. You take care. Talk soon.
0: All right. That was Scott Miller of the New York Times and Sirius XM MLB Network Radio. When we come back. The Braves have their first full practice tomorrow. And Eric, super producer, we will welcome him into the fold as he has some true and false questions for me about the Bravos' upcoming season. So don't go anywhere. Chris Thomas in for the guys on Dukes and Bell right here. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game.